This episode of Author Stories is brought to you by the Writing Mastery Academy. Founded by Jessica Brody, author of the best-selling plotting guide, Save the Cat Writes a Novel. The Writing Mastery Academy features online, on-demand writing courses, including the official Save the Cat Writes a Novel companion course, novel fast drafting, crafting dynamic characters, and productivity hacks for writers to name just a few, plus monthly live webinars on various writing topics. Go to jessicabrody.com slash hank to learn more and get your first month of unlimited access to all the content for just $6. That's right, just $6. jessicabrody.com slash hank. You're listening to the Author Stories Podcast. Bringing you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Margaret White. Terry Brooks. Sheena Kamal. Matthew Quick. J.T. Ellison. Walt D. Williams. Brad Ford. Corey Dr. O. Brandon Sanders. Robin Mom. Ernest Klein. Jim Butcher. Sherwin Harris. Visit HankGarner.com for archives of all the shows. Today's guest is... Well, thanks for joining me again for the Author Stories Podcast, where I bring you the story behind the stories and the storytellers. Today, I'm super excited to have Adele Parks on the show with me. She has an amazing new book. It's called Just My Luck. And I'll tell you what, this is a must-have for your to-be-read pile. I I love it so much. I know you're going to as well. You know, sometimes you just need uh, a, a thriller in your life, even though the weather is getting better here in the in the uh, the northern part of the world, and we're getting into spring and then summer. Uh, sometimes you just want to snuggle up with a book and and just let it scare you a little bit. And uh, that just my luck is is something that you definitely need to have in your, uh, you know, beside your reading chair or by your bed wherever you do your reading. And uh, I'm super excited to have Adele with me today to talk about it. Welcome to the show, Adele. Thank you so much. It's actually quite, um, it's funny you're saying it, it's great to have a thriller because I totally understand that. It's quite nice to have a beach read thriller. And this one does have sort of um, moments of real joy, actually, only yes. to pull that rug and, uh, and lose that joy. But yes, I think it's, I think it's summer appropriate too. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, Adele, we begin each show with the same question. And that question is, what is your first memory of wanting to be a writer or storyteller? Oh, well, actually, so I'm one of two children and my sister's three years older than I am. And so it is the lot of the younger child to constantly be waiting for the much more interesting older child. Um, And so, you know, her school went, her schooling was always sort of 40 minutes longer than mine. And they were, because I was always, you know, I was in juniors, infants when she was juniors and so on and so forth. And she went to exciting clubs and, and that sort of thing. And I really didn't. And But I spent my entire time waiting for her in our little local library, which was placed very conveniently between the sort of infant school and the junior school. Um, and I went there so frequently, literally every day, waiting for her to finish school, that I became quite friendly with the librarians. And it was actually a, libra- a librarian that suggested to me, she asked, did I want to become an author? And I was about six or seven and I, I I read an awful lot clearly why else would this librarian suggest it but um I didn't know what the word author meant and I remember the sting of the humiliation of not knowing what a word meant because words were my thing and I felt very proud of them being my things but I did the right thing I asked her what's an author 
And she rushed off and sort of brought back one of the books I'd been reading. And she said, this book, somebody sat at home and, and is writing this just for you. And I genuinely thought Enid Blyton was sort of sat at home writing just for Adele Parks, which was very good of her. <laughs> um, but she did say, you know, you could have that job. And pretty much from then on, I kept telling people I was going to be a writer and stuck with the idea. That I love hearing those sorts of stories. And, you know, that we've done more than a thousand episodes of this show. And, of course, you hear a thousand different stories uh, from people. And, uh, and and I love hearing uh, from people that just know that, that they're going to tell stories. It's just something ingrained in them. And and some people come to it later in life and, and get the idea, uh, you know, later. And that's absolutely valid and, um, you know, is, is their journey. Uh, but I just love when, when people just know. It's just, it's like this, this storytelling gene that we're just born with. Yeah, I, I definitely was, a, I knew all along. I remember when we would decorate things like the Christmas tree at holiday times, I would make, it was such a slow process because I would make little stories up for each ornament, which apparently drove my family insanely mad. <laughs> but um, I was so unaware and they were quite indulgent. And I remember even things like setting the table and making stories up about the salt and pepper pots. And and even my fingers, I remember my left hand thinking they were sort of royalty and my right hand were these peasants and I would make a fairy <laughs> fairy tale kind of story just with my fingers if I was sort of sat waiting doing nothing so that's how I amused myself really a very boring that. childhood clearly well or or a magnificent childhood just depending on which uh, it was which way you look at it yes exactly it was actually <laughs> So as someone who knew that she was always going to be a, a storyteller, always going to be an author, uh, you went to work in advertising. Is that right? Yes. It was actually very odd saying I wanted to be a writer because whilst this librarian had suggested it to me, she'd obviously – she hadn't been that serious. You're not that serious when you suggest something to a seven-year-old. It's just a thought. But um, quite interesting because it's sort of opening of the mind. But I come from um, the uh, Yorkshire in the northeast of England. And I, I describe my family as very ordinary, and I say that with incredible love and respect, um, because, you know, we were, we are. They, nobody knew any writers, we didn't know any publishers. I had never met anybody in the publishing industry until the day I got my contract or got offered a, a contract. Um, I hadn't even been to an author talk, you know, the way nowadays I think many of us do that fairly frequently. Um, so I was quite isolated from this as a career, really. I was the first um, person in my family, the first generation to go to university. And I went to read English, which was quite indulgent of my parents to allow that because they, they really didn't know what I was going to do with it. And they kept pointing that out. And and they kept saying, well, will you become a teacher? Sort of hope, hoping I would give them something proper, you know, after this, after this <laughs> expensive university education, you know. Um, so when I left university, I just didn't have a route or a plot or a plan of how to become a writer. And, you know, I think that's really usual. I think that's true now, even when there are courses that you can take about uh, creative writing or about publishing industry. Um, but certainly, you know, 30 odd years ago, I literally had no idea um, how to go about it. So I went to the careers office and 
distinctly decided I, I started in a file that was alphabetically ordered and I knew I could not become an accountant. So advertising was next up. Um, and I kind of think that was about as much thought as that I put into my <laughs> into my <laughs> career choice. I mean, everybody else said to me, oh, you'd be great at that. And and I, I'm I'm very comfortable presenting, um, you know, brands and marketing as something I actually have stayed interested in all my life, even when I have become an author. So it wasn't a, a, a dreadful fit. It was a it was actually a good fit, and I had a great fun many you know nearly well a decade really just under a decade in in advertising. Um, but all the way along, I knew I wanted to be a writer, and I wasn't actually being true to myself. So Adele, I love to hear about the circuitous route uh, that people take uh, in getting to where they are now. Um, your time in advertising, where you know on the surface you may think that advertising and uh, fiction writing are diametrically opposed, but they're they're really not if you think about it. Um, what do you feel like you took away from your time in advertising that you now use as a writer or just maybe some skills that you picked up that you're totally. that make you grateful for the time that you had there? Incredibly grateful because it was a circuitous route. Um, it actually took me to other continents. I helped set up an advertising agency in Botswana. Um, I you know, I worked a lot in London and then I actually swapped from being in a main agency to working in the advertising um, department of Accenture, you know, the management consultancy, huge management consultancy. Sure. So um, I worked a lot with um, a team out in Chicago. I was often traveling to Chicago and New York where our advertising agency was based. And I have to say, Hand on heart, I would never be the writer I am now, which is somebody who produces a novel a year, if I hadn't had that phenomenal training at Accenture. Um, surrounded by incredible brains, in incredibly motivated people, and also huge time managers. Um, there's there's a real skill to, uh, to to managing your time if you're a writer because it's very easy to procrastinate and we're given excuses. We're given excuses like writer's block and, oh, the muse hasn't visited me today. So it's very easy not to just get cracking and get, get on with the writing. But because of my phenomenal training at Accenture um, and the people I was surrounded by there, I've never found writing a book a year and promoting a book a year anything like a hardship. It's an utter joy. Um, so I think I took that discipline away from my my old world. And also on a sort of more fun level, I quite often have characters who do work in advertising uh, or a management consultants, because obviously I spent, you know, my 20s in those fields and it was quite rich pickings for, for stories. Love it. I love it. Um, Adele, what was the the motivating factor that pushed you to write the first novel? Um, you know, there, there's usually, um, you know, when you find a great career and and and, and all of that, um, you know, writing finds finds a way of just popping up in our lives and 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 drawing us back into that love. What, what was it for you? You're you're completely and utterly right. I mean. Um... So I was working and I was working long hours. I mean, as much as I loved my time at Accenture, if 12 hour day was absolutely the norm. Um, and I would switch off by reading. I read all the time. 
And I also, what I called scribbled still. So I always had a notebook with me and I was always writing down my thoughts and, and feelings. And then sort of towards my late twenties and and I think all stories have to have the, the light and dark, you know, the, the shade. And this is this is the difficult time for me. But in, sure. towards my um, the end of my 20s, big family that I, uh, I come from, big extended family with, with lots of relatives that had been very, very important to me. They, we started to lose them. And we in a, a period of 12 months, I lost a huge number of friends and family and just one of those terrible, awful ways that. You know, I've hardly lost anybody since, but in that short time, um, it was it was averaging more than one a month of very close wow. people. And, yeah, and some really dreadful ways. Sort of, you know, my my PA who was younger than me died of cancer. Um, a couple of colleagues from Botswana. Um, well, one got murdered and and one died of of AIDS. So these were very traumatic losses, and some of the losses that I had were were perhaps more acceptable because they were elderly relatives, but still no less of a loss. And I felt incredibly unsure of the world. And um, I went to a grief counsellor, which now would mean that would be the standard. That would be absolutely, and certainly in America, I know that people go to counsellors a lot. But at the time, 20 years ago, it was considered quite odd. People sort of thought I was really on the edge, which by the way, I was. Um, but they, you know, it's it's not a very British thing, uh, certainly not then, reaching out for help in that way. But I am so glad I did because I, I met this wonderful woman who was my counsellor. And I remember her saying to me, right, OK, I, I said to her, look, I don't trust the world anymore. I don't believe the world is a happy place. And I don't think I will ever find contentment and happiness again. And she said, actually, Adele, I don't believe you. You've been coming here for a few weeks now. And every time you come, you still crack jokes. And, you know, even when you're telling me sad stories, you will always find a happy way to remember those people. And I just don't accept you're not going to be happy again. But what you do need is to find yourself something that you can control that is to do with your happiness. And that might be gardening or baking, but a little hobby of your own that helps you ease stress. And I sat for a while and eventually said to her, well, I scribble. And she said, what do you mean? And I sort of pulled out of my bag this, this notebook that was crammed with all my ideas and thoughts and processing and, and showed her it. And, I, and she said, how many of those have you got, Adele? And I said, oh, I don't know, 20, 20, 20, 30, I don't know, lots. And she said, oh, I think it might be more than scribbling. <laughs> <laughs> and, you, know, you might want to think about that a bit more. And, um, and basically that night I went home and, and my partner at the time had just run the marathon. Uh, London Marathon and to train to do so he had trained two or three hours a week twice a week and then um, three hours on a, a weekend and I just remember thinking oh I'm going to take that same time for my writing I'm going to just schedule my writing and it meant I didn't you know socialize as often because obviously I mentioned I had a huge job and something has to give I certainly gave up ironing um, but uh, <laughs> but I found um, I found that was what I wanted to do. And then by the eve of my 30th birthday, because I do love a deadline, I had finished the manuscript that became uh, my first novel, Playing Away. And I took that to an agent that I had just read and researched about in um, independently. And I left it on the reception of that agency and went back to uh, back to Yorkshire, where I'm from, to celebrate my birthday. 
And when I came back after the weekend, there was um, a flashing on my answer phone, which is, is a very dating thing that I have. An, I had an answer <laughs> phone in those days, but I did. And there was a flashing on the answering phone and I listened to the message and it just said, I've read your manuscript and over the weekend and so is my wife. And we both think it's going to be a hit. Will you talk to me on Monday morning? It was unbelievable. Authors. I have a fantastic new service to tell you about. It's called PubSite. PubSite is a service to help you build your very own website, your home on the web, where you can promote your work and give your fans a place to connect with you. PubSite is a website platform that allows every author, regardless of budget, to have a great-looking professional website developed by the book marketing professionals at FSB Associates. PubSite is the new easy-to-use DIY website builder developed specifically for books and authors. Whether you're an author of one book or 20 or a small publisher, PubSite allows you to build, design, and most importantly, update your website pain-free. No need to be dependent on a designer or webmaster to make a small but costly change to your website. Save the money and do it yourself. PubSite is the best platform for authors because it's a book-centric platform. PubSite was built just for authors and small publishers. Every design, feature, and layout is book-centric. They have customized designs for you to use. It's easy to build. No coding or HTML is necessary to create a stunning, professional-looking website with all the features you want. Get a custom domain name, yourname.com. It's simple to update. You can add all of your books, add a blog and a book tour, sell from any retailer, manage your email list and social media, and even do e-commerce. Build your website with a 14-day free trial, then pay just $19.99 per month, which includes hosting. And we offer packages starting at $499 to set up the website for you. Pub-Site.com, the place to help authors find their home on the web. Four million copies sold in the UK. I, I think it was a hit, and uh, <laughs> I think that you have found an audience by now. It's, I know it's been a slow build for you, but I, I think you're going to make it, Adele. <laughs> Thank you very much. It was um, it was absolutely extraordinary. I think um, I mean everybody has different beliefs on how the world works and how the karma works and all that kind of thing. But I do think at the time that I was sort of being looked out for and and looked after because it is a particular. I mean it's a galling story if you've had dozens of rejections and and believe me I have had rejections from many other countries since. So you know it hasn't been all. Um, sickeningly plain sailing but the, the UK deal was plain sailing I, I talked to six publishing houses in the following weeks and all six made offers there was a bidding war um, that playing away was then published in the year 2000 it became the biggest debut of the year um, and and ever since then I've, I've written a, a novel a year and every single one of them in the UK have hit, have, have hit the top 10 bestseller list um, so it's it was literally a dream come true. It felt like that moment of coming home that it as happy as I had been in other careers and as stimulated as I had been in other careers, because I, I really had been. This was what I was supposed to be doing. Absolutely. Um, fantastic. Um, by the way, I don't know if you can hear that, but uh, we are in the midst of a raging thunderstorm that just blew up. So I apologize if, um, if oh, you wow. hear Oh, wow. No, I can't hear it. Wow. Okay. Well, that's, that's good. Stay that's safe. Good for you. <laughs> yeah. um, so Adele, um, how, 
how would you characterize the types of stories that you tell? What what is what makes an Adele Parks book? Um, relationships. I mean, I I'm saying that because I mean the 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 book you know you mentioned at the at the beginning uh, I, it was just my luck and and it's a, it's a psychological thr- thriller or a domestic noir whatever you want to call it. Um, it's basically about an ordinary family and how horrible ordinary families can turn out to be um, or friendship groups or, or whatever, because we are put under extreme stress. And um, I would say my last sort of four or five books have been in that genre. But in the past, I've written historical books that have been set in World War One and, and the aftermath of World War One. I've written romantic comedies, um, relationship dramas that didn't really get dark. Um, so the, the, the unifying factor over all my novels is the fact I really care about people. I think we're fascinating. We're amazing. Um, I mean, we're amazing and we're also dreadful. And that incredible spectrum, um, for me, will never be a, an exhausted seam. I will continually mine it and just give my characters very, very different circumstances. So n- now we're we're talking about your brand new book um, that has just released. When people are hearing this show, um, it just came out yesterday. Um, just <laughs> my luck. Uh, Adele, when when you, I love hearing about the the beginnings of of novels of of the creative process because you know writing is one of those things that one moment there is no just my luck it doesn't exist nothing about this book exists it is uh, it it has not been created yet and and in a moment of clarity or or uh, you know fevered dream or, or whatever it is uh, maybe a character walks onto the stage of your mind maybe uh, a newspaper article or, or 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 something that you watch on television triggers a thought a what if and and then you know you're off to the races uh, you know characters start populating this scenario and then all of a sudden just my luck is a thing that exists even if it's just in your mind and you haven't written it down yet um, what is that beginning of a project like for you that that's so true the way you describe it I haven't really thought about the exit the, the sort of birthing before but you're absolutely right I mean in some of my books um it's a slow process I get lots of ideas I get more ideas than I have written books and I've written a lot of books um, oh, yeah. because quite often you have an idea and then when you chase it through you realize it's actually it's a short story it's not a, it's not a novel or it's a play it's not a novel or whatever it might be but I remember so clearly with just my luck and it was quite phenomenal so I was at um a a lunch party for somebody's birthday um big party with lots of old friends that I had known since university so you know the kind of people that you can absolutely relax with 100% go they they know you they know you they know your strengths they know your failings there's there's no point trying to wool pull the wool over these people's eyes and um I was catching up with the husband of one of my friends who had changed jobs since I'd last spoken to him. And he was working for the British Lottery Company. And he's actually the financial director there. So he is the chap, he was telling me, who hands the enormous checks out. If somebody's won ten million pounds, he is the guy who hands that big comedy check. And um, but also he does all the maths behind it. So I find, you know, I was like, you must have stories, please tell. And he's telling me some fabulous stories about, you know, winners and the fun things that they spent their money on. 
and uh, the crazy things people did. And, and some of those stories, uh, you know, he's telling me about some people that, for instance, win the lottery, played every week of their lives, win the lottery and then never spend a penny. And I, I was, all these ideas were sort of coming into my head, just just exciting. And then he just said uh, casually, oh, and of course, if it's a very big win, um, our duty of care is such that, you know, we advise them with finances, but also advise them with security and perhaps put them in touch with bodyguards. And I was just like, I'm sorry, what did you say? And he said, well, you know, the children will be on a kidnap risk list then. <laughs> and I, absolutely, exactly. So I just thought, my goodness, can you imagine that moment when all your dreams have come true? Because I think most of us have dreamt of winning the lottery. All your dreams come true and you suddenly think, you know, everything's going to be fine because you've won the lottery. And within minutes, you get presented with a whole host of new, actually significantly darker problems that your family are, are now at risk and you are quite different from everybody else around you that you know. And um, I basically wanted to leave that lunch there and then and go home and write this book and found the rest of the lunch, as cruel as it sounds, I found the rest of the lunch relatively tedious and panicky because <laughs> I didn't have anything to write. I didn't have, very unusually for me, I didn't have a pen and a handbag with me to be able to like jot the idea right down. And I was terrified I was going to forget this idea and this moment. Um, and the story is exactly that. It's about uh, three three couples who've been friends for 15 years their children have all grown up together they met when their their children were babies at a postnatal group they absolutely um they're so involved in one another's lives almost too much you know the the children are dating and best friends and they all go on holidays together and one of the little rituals they have is they they buy a syndicate lot, lottery ticket together week after week after week and we meet these three couples just after a fallout and we never we don't know at the beginning of the book what the fallout's about um but lexi who is uh one of the one of the main narrators a uh, very wonderful woman who works in the charity sector um has bought the ticket with the same numbers even after the fallout even after everybody else has pulled out of the syndicate and then those winning numbers come up and Lexi and her husband find themselves uh, multimillionaires. They win 18 million pounds. So what's that, about $25 million. Right. And of course, their friends are eaten up with jealousy, absolutely devastated that they've missed out literally by a matter of weeks, a couple of weeks. And so they lie, cheat, connive, you know, commit crimes to uh, to try and get their share of that of that money. Um, so it's a book about friendship, and it's also a book about huge amounts of betrayal. <laughs> well, it, uh, you said that an Adele Parks book uh, is a is a book about uh, relationships and about people and 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 all of the warm fuzzies that go along with that. Um, with just my luck, we get to look at kind of the darkness of of human relationships um how, how you know from the from the writer's perspective how fun is it to kind of dig into the the dark recesses of human nature really good fun I mean <laughs> <laughs> um I think because in my early part of my career I did write sort of more relationship in romantic romantic books I think I was really glad to leave that behind um because 
there's kind of only one so uh, I I could be making this up I could be misquoting but I think there's sort of one kind of happiness you know that that whole quote there's one sort of happiness but there's loads of ways to be miserable and I think uh, writing about miserable people whether that's jealousy or betrayal or um insecurities um addictions all of those kind of things that make us human are very very interesting because none of us are wholly good and none of us are very I don't think I mean you'd have to talk to a psychologist but I don't think any of us are wholly bad or very few of us um and so I like to write about good people that do bad things and equally to confuse the reader I like to write about really bad people who do the occasional good thing because that's what we're like we're we're, we're nuances we're complex um we have something that none of the rest of the animal kingdom share with us and that is our ability to not only articulate but to deceive you know not only can we speak but we can lie and I suspect people learn to lie almost minutes after they've learned to speak I mean I don't know that what the science is behind that but I think it'll be pretty close behind um, where children wonder if they can get away with something if they you know if, if they're going to have an easier time and they're going to get some sweets if they say something different you know so I believe that that whole side of being cunning um, is really interesting to write about. And certainly, I hope, very interesting to read because I think reliable and unreliable narrators are, you know, they, they are something that we enjoy exploring as readers as well. Um, I believe that writing about baddies is quite fun for me because I believe I'm a relatively nice human being so I get to be you know I get to explore my dark side without committing any crimes but I think also it's fun for people to read um, somebody who's who's more vicious or more frightening because they're unknown because generally speaking we are decent people most people are relatively decent people I mean the news would have you believe that that it's completely a different thing but most people are relatively decent and we try out hard to be good and and uh, have our own value system our value systems might not be aligned with each other all the time but we all have one um so therefore reading about vicious or cruel or betraying people is really exciting because they are unknown to us and I think we all are a bit nosy about that sort of person or that sort of action well and one of the fun parts is that um like you said, most people are good people that care about other people and, and, and you know, want to live in a society where we care for each other and we're not just selfish and uh, and, and out for our own gain. Uh, I think most people would, would say that they are that way, um, but but hardly anyone can recognize the the adverse of that in themselves like we we always when we think of uh a person with evil intentions we think of that as someone else we never see that in ourselves and and that's kind of the fun uh, part about reading a book like this is getting to witness the the dark side of human nature in people that that assume they are good people yes Yes, because I think quite often in a book, you, you'll pick somebody and you think, oh, I relate to this person. This person's right. quite like me. Um, and so it, it's it's really hard if that person doesn't turn out to be quite how you hoped or expected. <laughs> it's funny in this book, there's a chap, um, Jake, who is is Lexi's husband, and he, he obviously wins this uh, $25 million with, with her. 
And um, he's just an idiot. I mean, I say that with great affection. He rushes off and and spends a fortune on a great big flashy Lamborghini that, you know, and they're meant to be trying to keep this win a, a, a secret. They don't want... They don't want the publicity and the hassle that comes with publicity. But of course, because he's a very ordinary man who can barely afford his bills, usually, the fact he's suddenly parked a, a buttercup coloured Lamborghini outside his house is, is raising eyebrows. And so many people have said to me, you know, Jake is such a jerk and he's an idiot. And I feel really awful. And I was like, yeah, I asked my husband what he would do. And he said he'd buy a Lamborghini that afternoon. <laughs> <laughs> my husband is such a lovely human. He really is. But he would do something foolish. You know, that would be a pretty foolish thing to do. Um, he now says he wouldn't and he'd buy a Tesla because, you know, he's moved on. At least he's now kind right. of, you know, at least that's better for the environment. But, um, but yes, he, it's, it's quite interesting. So that little quirk of that particular character came from a very loving, decent human being. I can vouch for that. It's my husband. But he wanted to do this absolutely insane, crazy thing if he, if he ever gets to win the lottery. That's so funny. So funny. Mm. Well, Adele, um, because taking over the publishing world in the UK wasn't good enough for you, we now get to enjoy your books here in the States as well. I know Just My Luck comes out. Well, when people are hearing this, it came out yesterday. And so congratulations on on book launch. Um, but so uh, are, is your full back catalog available here in the States? Sadly, no, not the full back catalog. Um, A good many are, I know. There's quite a few. There's sort of the last four or five. So there's um, Lies, 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 I Invited Her In, The Image of You um, are, are definitely available, um, both in, in physical format and ebooks. And then there's some that are available just as, as ebooks. But I am hoping um, that will change. I, I hope, I mean, we laugh with the title Just My Luck because you realize how often you use the word luck. Um, right. Because I have been incredibly lucky with Just My Luck because not only has it is it to be published in the in the states which is super exciting for uk authors i mean i don't know if it works the other way i hope it does but for us it's it, it i mean we get a lot of our culture um from from the states and so it, it, it sort of our tv shows and our, our films and you know we 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 consume that all the time. So it's really exciting to be sending a book out to the States. Um, but also, Just My Luck has been optioned um, with an American production company. And so we are very much hoping that it's going to become um, a little mini series or a very big mini series over, well, globally, but, you know, made in the States. So, so yeah, that'll I have very lucky with this one. Yeah, that'll be fantastic. Um, well, you know, we look forward to the mini series and, and how um, this story is translated to the screen. Uh, I, I know it's going to be a phenomenal success. But in the meantime, you can grab Just My Luck uh, in Kindle edition or hardcover, as Adele said, but also an audiobook. Uh, uh, Adele, I'm a huge audiobook fan. And uh, just the the moment this is released on Audible, I'm going to go grab a copy of it because I want to experience the book again in that way. What do you think of, of audiobooks and, and your books specifically being translated to audio? Oh, I love it. It's a very exciting, it's an exciting part of the process because quite often there's, um, you know, there's quite an interesting actor 
um, uh, recording them and watching, it's nearly always a woman, sometimes there's two voices. Um, I think there is in this actually, uh, but it's quite interesting um, watching what they do do with it. And even, even that you realize that somebody else's creative uh, view and um, they sort of expand your text in a way, which I always believe all, all readers do. You know, it's a little bit like being a parent writing a book. When you have a child, your job is to launch that child into the world so that the world can enjoy that child and that child can enjoy the world. And it's a little bit like that with a book. You know, you, you know that readers are going to bring their own experiences to the page, their own thoughts and feelings and, um, and joys and prejudice and all that. And so hearing audio, that happened through audio, is, is a real thrill. But also on a very sort of personal level, not so much this last year, because we haven't been allowed to go anywhere much at all. And I have been in the sort of eight mile radius of my house for nearly a year now. But I my parents, I know, it's hideous, but, um, but my parents um, live sort of 250 miles away. And so pre-COVID days, um, when I go and visit them, I would always, I always have an audiobook on that, that long motorway journey, and it's superb. It's a great way of of, uh, of using t- using dead time, so to speak. And also, I listen to audiobooks when um, when I'm ironing, because ironing is literally so boring. And um, I'm, it must be I've mentioned it twice in this this podcast already, so uh, it shows how boring I think it is. But um, but it's less boring if you are listening to an audiobook because you can just the, the minutes tick away and you just be involved somewhere else, you'll be transported somewhere else. And sometimes I I don't just do fiction. I I love um, a non-fiction audiobook. I think is also very very interesting because you can kind of hear the debates and the arguments in, in a very fresh way. Absolutely. Well, Just My Luck is available everywhere when you're hearing this. Uh, We're going to put links to it in the show notes of this episode where you can grab the Kindle edition or uh, the the actual paper edition if you like to hold paper in your hands uh, and audiobook. Um, Adele, I know that you have a fantastic website. Um, Where can people find you online to connect with you? Yes, indeed. I'm everywhere. Well, I'm not not absolutely everywhere, but I'm certainly... um, uh, on Instagram and Twitter and Facebook. So on Facebook, it's official Adele Parks. On Twitter, it's just Adele Parks. And on Instagram, it's Adele underscore Parks. And yes, www.adeleparks.com. And I'm also really, I love getting emails, uh, which is literally Adele at AdelePucks.com. I always, I, I keep saying this, I wonder how long I can keep saying this for, but I answer everybody. It sometimes takes a long time, but I do answer everybody. And it's me, it's not, um, a, 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 you know, um, an assistant, it's, it's me. And I love it. And actually I love saying that to a largely American audience because Americans are really good at letting you know what they think and feel about something. <laughs> But in a really positive way. No, in a really positive yeah. way. We don't do that in the UK. We only actually let you know what we think if you think something bad. We rarely like dive in with the praise. We're quite we hold back on that. But um, I get great little notes, and I have done for many years with with friends that sort of pick up my books. Maybe if they've been here and they've picked it up, and then they've gone back to the states and said, "Oh, when are the, when are the books coming, Adele?" And I've just had sort of it's been lovely, and I'm I'm enjoying watching that build. Excellent. Well, Adele, uh, we're going to send everyone to see you and to pick up a copy of Just My Luck. Uh, This has been so much fun chatting. 
thank you so much for taking time to come on the show oh my absolute pleasure thank you for for inviting me and and any time i'll come back next year with my new book I, i would love for you to do that authors if you're looking for a partner to help ensure that your book is the best it can possibly be look no farther than pico's house Crystal and her staff make a conscious effort to be critical, yet courteous. They also strive to make the business side of things run smoothly so that you can rest easy knowing that your manuscript is in capable hands. Whether you need beta reading, developmental editing, a manuscript critique, line editing, copy editing, or proofreading, Pico's House is the one-stop shop for you. Check them out today at picoshouse.com to get started. Are you looking for software that helps you bring your novel to life? Novelize is a web-based writing app which allows you to access your work on any device with a browser and an internet connection. Write from your desktop, laptop, tablet, or smartphone. Just get the novel written. Say goodbye to sticky notes. With our notebook on the side, you can keep track of all the important information you need to write your novel. We keep distractions to a minimum help you track your progress, and encourage you to write more novels. You can even use the same notebook for your novels in a series. Outline, write, or organize your novel by switching between modes. You can write your outline notes while you're writing, and you can move scenes and chapters around anytime in the organize mode. Choose between the dark and light theme to help prevent eye strain so that you can stay immersed in your book. Novelize, the app for writers by writers.